to kind of see uh, who I would use as a model for a good father. And there are quite a few of them, quite a few uh, of them back there in the Bible. And um, one thing that struck out to me was that no single one of them was perfect. All the fathers, every single one of them, except uh, Joseph who raised Jesus, but I believe he died young because they never mentioned him after he came back from Egypt. If you read the Bible, they never mentioned Joseph after he came back. So he's the only one that we couldn't really know much about. But every father in the Bible made some huge mistakes. And that is something, men, today you need to realize that God can use you tremendously even if you've made some mistakes in your life. A man's life is not a sum total of one chapter in his, in his life. It's a sum total of everything about that man. So that's some good news. And then, but I wanted a man that I could see in the Bible who somehow was facing challenges similar to what our men today are facing. We live in a society that is full of challenges and complexities these days. And it is hard, very hard for men to raise godly children in this society where we are living in. There are different things trying to undermine manhood. Men are told to get to the feminine side of you, you know, get in touch with your feminine side. The Bible is clear that he made them male and female. He made them. So, men, you don't have a feminine side in you. You are a total man. So, I, I, I want to believe I don't have a masculine part in me. I want when you see me to see a full woman, right? So those are some of the complexities in our society that if we are not careful, we begin to imbibe them. You are a man raising a son, raising a daughter who goes to school and he's told that his friend has two daddies or his friend has two mommies. And he comes home to you and this is his very or her very good friend and he comes home to you and tells you about it. That's the complexity. That's the challenge. How do you begin to tell them that in the beginning God made them male and female and God brought them together in holy marriage and it was one man and one woman. So those are challenges that the men of this time they face. Blended families. You marry someone else, they bring these beautiful children and you adopt them and you take them as your own and you want to raise them. Most of that we have here. You know a lot of families like that. The complexities and the challenges involved in that. So it was important for me to find a man in the Bible that somehow had undergone or seen some challenges and some complexities in his time and he made it. And the man God led me to was Brother Noah. I'm going to read some scriptures, but before I do, would you stand up? Let's go to Isaiah 50, verse 4. Isaiah 50, verse 4. Go with me. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, 
that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to read from verses 5 to 12. I'm going to read Genesis 5.22. Now I'm going to read Genesis 7 from verses 5 to 7. Quite a few scriptures, but bear with me. I know I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Genesis 6, verses 5 through 12. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Does that ring a bell? And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and the birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. When people are evil, when people are wicked, it not only affects them, it affects the whole earth and the whole system. Okay? Verse 8, very important. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Very important, write that down. Verse 10. And Noah begot begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was was corrupt before God, And the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Does that look or sound like where we are today? Genesis 5.22 Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. And the last scripture, Genesis 7, verses 5 through 7. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters were on the earth. So Noah with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Amen? So before I go into how Noah was a successful father... I want to let you know that if you go to chapter 9 of Genesis, you are going to see what Noah did that was a mistake. Noah, when he came out of the ark, started to be a farmer. He grew a vineyard, and he got drunk from the wine from his vineyard. And he was so drunk, he went in his tent, and he was naked. And his youngest son came in, probably didn't know dad was drunk and naked, came in and then went out and told the two older brothers. And those ones walked backwards with a cloth and covered their dad. And when Noah woke up, he was told what happened, and he cursed the son of Ham, Canaan. And the repercussions of that is still on till today. What am I trying to say? Before I go into the areas where he was a good man, where he was a good father, again, telling you all here, 
the men that are here today, that God will use you no matter the mistakes you've made. God will use you. However, be careful what you say to your children and your grandchildren when you're upset, especially when you're angry based on a mistake you made or based on what's going on in your life. You come back from work, things have not been good. You speak into your children's life, not because of what they did wrong, but because you just have this idea or you have something going on in you and you're lashing out. So that's the point. Before I talk about how he was good, I wanted to make, bring that up, that Noah too did have some mistakes, made some big, huge mistakes. But one thing that we have must realize that Noah did was that the Bible says Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. In a time where the Bible says that the wickedness of men were, was great, the thoughts of man was only evil continually. All the earth was full of violence. All flesh was corrupted. In that society, God found a man. And God said, this particular man walked with me. So when you say walked with God, what does that mean? But before I go there, let me kind of parallel what was going on in the time of Noah with what we're having today. So we can lay that foundation that Noah did what he did, not because the environment, the society, or the background was conducive for him. Just like you today, everything going on, you can still raise your children to be godly children. You can still be a good father despite what is going on in our world and in our society. The Bible says that period was a great time of wickedness and evil. I'm getting a lot of feedback. It was a lot of wickedness and evil. And it said the thoughts of man's heart was evil continually. Genesis 6 verse 5. You know the extreme wickedness we see in our society today. Partial birth abortion. A mother carries a child till nine months old. Carries the pregnancy for nine months. Waits until she's in labor. That child is born halfway. The head is out. Then they put something like a screw in the head to suck out the brain so that the child is dead. That is a wickedness that you can't even begin to describe. But it's going on every day in our society. And it's in that kind of society, you men, we parents have to raise children and tell them that life is sacred. That a child is a child, is a human being from the very day of conception. That's the same society. Something similar was going on in the days of Noah. Just this last week, a colleague of mine lost her grandson who was eight months old. This young boy, handsome young boy, was already born with a heart defect, had a hole in his heart. We prayed for him on, on Tuesday during our prayer, our Zoom prayer meeting. Found out on Wednesday 
that they did a biopsy and this eight-month-old baby that already had a heart problem was beaten to death by the boyfriend of his mother. Evil, wickedness. That's what we have to deal with. But these are the similar things Noah had to deal with too when he had to raise his three boys. Corruption and violence was the other thing God said was on the earth. Genesis 6, 11. It says the earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. There was a five-year-old kid in her bed in New York and there was a drive-by shooting and a bullet came into that room with her on her bed asleep and killed her. I'm sure you have read and you have seen so many of these stories. Destructive riots and killings to the point that if you're not careful, it begins to become normal and you begin to get desensitized to it. It got to a point where I had to stop watching news because if you're not careful, oh, it's just another killing. But that's the human being that God created who somehow, if they didn't know the Lord, is going into hell. That was the same time. That was the period. The same thing happening at Noah's time. That's what you men have to deal with too, just like Mr. Noah. At the time of Noah, God's ways were being ignored. They were giving themselves in marriage and they were marrying themselves. They were having fun. God was not in the picture. God was out of everything, just like we have now. But Noah walked with God. Noah, the Bible says, was a preacher of righteousness at this time. It was not conducive, it was not popular, but he chose to walk with God. And he chose to be a preacher of righteousness. Ezekiel 14 verses 12 to 14 says, The word of the Lord came again to me saying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it. I will cut off its supply of bread, send famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were it, they would deliver only themselves by their righteousness. Are you hearing the, the scripture? The only thing that will deliver you, man, is your righteousness. So you cannot afford to play games with your Christianity. You cannot afford to be one way in church and be another way at home. For the sake of your children, because I, I, I don't want to go ahead of myself, Noah went into that ark with only his family. Just the eight of them, his three sons, their wives, his, his wife and himself. Because he was righteous. And the Bible here makes it very clear. You can only deliver yourself 
from this wicked and evil society we found ourselves in if you walk in righteousness before God. You can lose your salvation if you are not careful. So when you say someone is walking with God, because we hear these words or we hear some statements and we don't really dig in to see what that means. When you said, no, I walked with God, what are we talking about? What did he do? Was, did he see God and God was like, you know, walking with him and everywhere he went? No. Walking with God means three things. The first thing is that Noah was converted. His conversion was real. When Noah gave his life or decided to follow God, it was God and God only. When Noah chose to live and walk with God, he did not mix his righteousness with evil. The Bible says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not even touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Your conversion, if you are a Christian man, it means you are no longer the same. You have to come out from among them. You have to be different. You have to stick out like a sore thumb. Your conduct, your speech, your attitude must be different. You cannot conform to the world. You know, what they try to do these days is to make you, what, what am I looking for? They want to make you um, be compassionate, not compassionate, be like agree with them. Or you say, oh, or do, what, what? Conform. I said that, yeah. They, they want you to, no, not conform. I'm trying to look for... Um, That's the word. Empathize with them. I'm not part of it, but it's okay. That's what they believe. That's okay. And so because you know that's what they believe and it's okay, you kind of leave that person out, you know. When you see him, oh, that's what they do. That's okay. I'm not like that. I don't do that. But you know what you've done? You've conformed to that. You've agreed in your mind that it's okay for that person to be a homosexual. You've agreed in your mind, although it's okay, you know, that's what they believe. You know, that's fine for them. But I'm not, I'm not like that. Uh-uh. What the scripture, I mean, the Bible is very clear. I mean, that's one thing about the Bible. You cannot read the Bible and, be, and, and say, oh, I'm not sure where it stands. The Bible, when you read it, you know what God is saying and you know where God is standing. So if you're converted as a man, you cannot in any way conform. You must say evil is evil, and you must say good is good. Don't be part of those that say good is evil, and that evil is good. Because you've just lumped yourself among those that have conformed. Don't ever apologize or make excuses for who you are, for what you believe. 
Even if you are the only one standing, don't ever do that. Noah never did that. Noah preached, and I'm kind of going ahead of myself. Noah preached to them. They said it took 75 years, if you read, and as I was doing my studies, it took 75 years for the ark to be built. He preached to them. He was a preacher of righteousness. He preached to them for 75 years. Think about it. For 75 years, he preached one message. It's going to rain. Christ is coming again. That's what we should be preaching. For 75 years, and he didn't win one soul. Because of the evil, the corruption, and the wickedness in that society. Nobody listened to him. Oh, he's never ran before. What is he talking about? They've never seen him come before, but he's coming again. You have to keep telling them. You have to keep telling them the same thing, even if they don't listen to you. When you are converted, you can always tell. When you are with your children, and you try to correct them, and the Holy Spirit tells you, oh, oh, don't go there, you did the same thing yesterday. Then you need to go back on your knees and say, God, help me. Because if you are converted, you can discipline your children, you can tell them what is wrong, because you know you have not soiled yourself. You have not been there. You know what I'm talking about, most men. Noah was converted. How do you walk with God? You are converted, then you are consecrated. Consecration means what God says to do is what I'm going to do, whether it makes sense or not. My whole life is sold out to Him. It's only everything about him, that is it. I'm devoted, I'm set apart, I'm not like every other person. Genesis 5.22 says, Thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. You have that in that verse, you also have it again in chapter 6. It was very clear that everything God told Noah to do, Noah did all that God commanded him to do. Remember, we're not saying that God told him to build an ark that he had seen before. He had never seen an ark. God told him it was going to rain. He had never seen rain. He started building the ark, not ever seen rain, not ever seen what an ark looked, uh, looked like. God was giving him instructions this is how to measure this, and he would do that. Do you know how meticulous that man was in following God? To be a good father, that is what you have to do. When the Bible says this is what you must do, follow it to the letter. And I will let you know as I go down why that is important to your children. If your children know that this thing is important to you, they will follow you. The problem we're having, why children don't stay in church when they graduate from high school and they're out of home, is because most likely, not always, but maybe the person you showed in church is not the same man you showed at home. 
So for those children, this whole Christianity thing is not real. They are all hypocrites. In church, dad is one way, but at home, he's another way. Job followed the instructions of God for 75 years, building an ark he'd never seen, for rain that he'd never seen. He walked with God. Anything God commanded him to do, all, the Bible says all that God commanded him to do, he did it. Exactly what God told him to do. So to be consecrated means you have to do as a man, as men, as fathers, as those raising the next generation. You have to follow what God says in his Bible. Even when it doesn't make sense, you have to do it. In my place, there's something about, you know, when you're a Christian, growing up, you know, they would call us names because we were so dedicated. You say, like, oh, you carried God on your head, you know. I beg, are you the only one who carried God for your head? That's if. But yeah, you need to do that. You need to carry God on your head. Carry the Bible on your head. But you know, when we got saved then, some people would take their Bible and wrap it in, in brown paper so that nobody would see them carrying the Bible. Me? I'll carry my Bible. Everybody, everybody must know I'm carrying my Bible. Why would I be hiding my Bible? When you are your, in, at your job, during your break time, open your Bible, your app, and read it. Let them know your... Oh, come and look. See what I found in the Bible. Let them know who you are. Let your children see you reading the Bible. Let your children see you doing things that will make them... They might not understand it. They might make fun of you. But believe me, it goes deep inside of them. And the way you raise them, they cannot run from it. Amen? So carry God on your head. Carry Him on your head. Now, the next thing, what it means to walk with God... Is consistency. It must be consistent. You can see it in, this, in what I just read about Noah. Noah was consistent. The Bible says in Luke 9.62, Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And when you're consistent, you're committed. They go hand in hand. They are the same two words that can be used interchangeably. Commitment and consistent. For a man to preach the same message for 75 years, that was consistent. And that was commitment. To build a boat for 75 years, a boat you've never seen before, no drop of rain, that was commitment. And that was consistent. As a father, the road gets hard, but you keep going. You keep going. The night may get long and the storms may rage, but you keep going. Because your children are watching you. Do your children know that every Sunday they can find dad in the church? If they ask your children, maybe they are not home, and they said, oh, it's Sunday morning, where would your dad be at this time? Can your child 100% say, oh, today's church day, that's where dad will be. I can tell you where to find him. Can your child tell 
someone, oh, it's 6 o'clock in the morning or whatever time that prays. Oh, I know at this time that is praying. And it's been like that for years. Have your children seen you pray for them? Have you called your children consistently? Praying for them, laying hands on them, calling them what God calls them. Because if you do that, that's what they would do to their children. When you call your child a man of God, a woman of God, that's what he will become. That's what he will become. You see that in the Bible. It's what they call their children, their children became. Or do you just lash out at them and say things to them that is almost close to cursing them because of your own anger, because you cannot control your own emotions? Children do wrong. They are children. And that's why God gave you to them to show them the right way. But now you are the one leading them astray because you cannot control your emotions. You are the one now subverting the the plans and purposes of God in their life because you are speaking words that are opposing what God spoke when he created that child. If your child sees you every Sunday morning writing a check to pay your tithe and to pay your offering, supporting the house of God is important, they see you, you know, giving to different, different organizations, Christian organizations. If they see that, when they start working, even if it's a little money they earn, that would be their priority too. The kingdom of God becomes priority to them. If a child sees mom, dad treat mom with respect and dignity. I remember one time, I don't remember who it was now, one of my kids. I know it wasn't uh, Gracie. She's too meek and too... too they must have been one of those two right there. <laughs> I remember one of them said something that was kind of rude to me. The way their father grabbed him. <laughs> I, was, I was scared. Said, you don't, never talk to my wife like that. Amen. Never. And they never did. <laughs> they never did because he almost choked the life out of them. <laughs> but when your child sees you as a dad, treat their mom with such respect, when they get married, I see my son now opening the door for Ashley, doing this for Ashley. Doing that for Ashley, and I'm like, Lord, thank you, because exactly what he saw his dad did. Cooking for Ashley, I don't know how to cook well. (laughs) He cooks. Now I do do well sometimes, but for the Nigerian, I try, right? (laughs) You're supposed to say, yes, mom, you try. (laughs) He's just like, I don't want to lie in church. But, you know, all through our 30 plus years of marriage, 
he cooks. Taking the trash out, there are some things in the house I don't know how to do. When your child sees that, that's how they are going to treat their wives too. If you curse their mom out, you yell at their mom, there's so much tension and all of that, you know, in the house, conflict. Our thing, our model between my husband and I was the conflict in our home must always be very low. Keep the conflict level low. So because we said that, and it's always at the back of our minds, two of us don't get crazy at the same time. Or I don't get crazy too much, you know, because it's, to be honest with you, because he will always remind me, keep it low. But being a good father is not you buying your child a new car. Being a good father is not you buying them the most expensive tennis shoes. Being a good father is having them see you work it out consistently, converted, consecrated before God. That's what being a good father is. And your children may not always get it right the first time. I'm not saying this and you're like, oh, okay, no. Most of you can attest to that. You do all of this and it doesn't always go right the first time, but they will come back to the Lord. They always do come back. Because as long as you're praying for them, and as long as you put your hands on them and you've spoken life over them, they can't run from that. They will always come back. So Noah walked with God. The second thing Noah did, those three converted, consecrated, committed, were under, walked with God. The next thing Noah did was Noah witnessed to others. Noah witnessed to others. Second Peter 2, verses 4 to 5. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. So Noah, God called Noah a preacher of righteousness. So Noah not only walked with God, but Noah witnessed to others. Noah told them continually, consistently, persistently, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. It is going to rain. That was his only message. That he didn't have any other topic. He didn't have point one, two, and three. He didn't have a conclusion. He didn't have the summary. He didn't have the body. He didn't, it was just, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. And he preached that for 75 years. Are you men here witnessing to people at your job? Christ is coming back again. Repent and be saved. At the grocery store, Christ is coming back again. Repent and be saved. 
at the gas pump. Christ is coming back again. Repent and be saved. At home with your family. Christ is coming back again. Repent and be saved. But then, more with your actions than your words at home. Because at home, your greatest way of preaching is not by what you say, it's by what you do. You preach the gospel and use this. That was a statement I read one time. It says you preach to your family, you preach the gospel and witness to them, but with very few words or with just your actions, something like that. Because you can say all, of the, all the stuff you want to say, but if your actions don't line up, they don't even hear you. They really don't. So with your family, make sure you're preaching to them by your actions. But when you're out there where they don't know you, at least you can talk to them. Make sure you're witnessing, just like Noah. God, repent. Jesus is coming back again. Even if they're not listening to you, keep preaching that. Amen? Amen. Matthew 24, 37-39. It says, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. This is very important. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. That's what we are experiencing. Just like the days of Noah, the wickedness, the evil, the corruption. Men not wanting to hear God. Good becomes evil. Evil becomes good. Nobody listens to you. If you don't do it the way they want to do it, they label you. You are homophobic. You are whatever they call you. Or they want to call us believers. It's exactly the same way. That's why when I was doing the study on Noah, I'm like, oh my God. This man could have just been here now. We could have, I mean, Mr. Noah could have been my, my next door neighbor. It's so relevant to the society that we live in. The same things are happening. And the Bible is telling you it's going to be the same when Jesus comes back. So we are in the same. I mean, this is New Testament. In the days of Noah. Me. When that, that hit me like it never hit me before, when I did this study, I was like, whoa. Because everything that was happening in the days of Noah is happening right now. Luke 17, 25 to 27. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation, as it was in the days of Noah. So it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. Hear that? Fathers, you hear that? They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So fathers, you have a job, you have a responsibility. If Christ is going to come back soon, you cannot afford not to be out there doing the work of the Lord. You cannot afford not to live in righteousness. Not perfect, 
Noah was, that's why I made you very clear from the beginning. Noah was not perfect. He got drunk. Exposed himself to his child. But still, look at all the things that God said about Noah. You don't have to be perfect. Just have a heart like David, a heart that's quick to repent, pull yourself on, up and keep going. If you do wrong, the Bible says, no, not one of us is without sin. But when we ask him, he forgives us and then he cleanses us of unrighteousness. Then don't let the enemy keep you there, down there in self-condemnation. Oh, I'm not as good, I'm not that. No, you don't have time to dwell in, in self-condemnation. Repent, get up, keep going, but make sure you don't go back like a dog into his old vomit. Don't do that. And then finally, Noah warned his family. Nobody listened to Noah, but the way he lived his life, before his family caused his family to be saved. Although he couldn't save the world, but his sons knew Noah was a man of God. His sons knew that he walked in righteousness. His sons knew that he was just. His sons knew that what God told him, he did it consistently and persistently. They saw him live out the life of someone who followed God, who walked with God. And so his sons their wives followed him into the ark. They were saved. Let me tell you, I don't care what you do in church, and I'm just being very honest with you. If your family, if you've not been able to make an inroad in your family, you really need to go back and ask God to help you to change some behaviors that is going on. Because a man who is consistently serving the Lord, persistent in his way of the Lord, following the ways of the Lord, no matter what it is, your children will see that and they will follow it. Your children will see that and they will follow it. Because your ultimate success as a father, as a good father, it's not for you to go into heaven and your children are in hell. No matter what you do here, I know they said, you know, there will be no tears in heaven or there will be no crying in heaven, but I, I just can't imagine being in heaven and then your children being in hell. So the ultimate success of a father is to make sure that the children God gave to you make it into heaven with you. And you do what you have to do on your knees. If they are not working with the Lord right now, do what you have to do. And God answers prayers. And do what you must do to make sure your children make it into heaven with you. Get scriptures. There's a lot of scriptures about your children. You know, Acts 16.31 is one. It says, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Take that to the Lord in prayer every day. And mention that child's name before him. Can you imagine if Noah was in the, in the, in the ark and one of his sons was outside? Can you imagine when he's thinking of all them, everybody drowning and then thinking his own child drowned too? Picture it. But because of his lifestyle, his children and his children's wives 
and his wife were all safe in the ark. So today, I'm going to encourage you guys, and I'm going to challenge you guys. We live in a world, I mean, it's, it's not an easy place, an easy world we live in. But I hope I have been able to show you today that even though the society may not be conducive, there might be challenges and all kinds of complexities. Like Job, you can still walk with God. You can live a life of consecration, a life of commitment and persistence. Converted in the real sense. If you are a Christian, be a Christian. Don't do things. The problem, you know, some things, you know, people talk a lot. Sometimes we just talk a lot. You come to church. I, I want counseled with a, a young man who's, he didn't want to come to church. This years back when we were in the other building. He didn't want to come to church, and the mom was like, please talk to him. I won't want him, blah, blah, blah. So I finally called him. You know what he told me? He said, when mom leaves church, mom spends the whole day after she gets to church criticizing one person after another, after another, even you and pastor. Why would I want to be in a church, serve God, when I don't see my mom even talking good about the people in that church? Be careful what you say. Nobody is perfect. You can't eat your church, fellow church believers for breakfast and lunch and dinner in front of your children and expect them to be in church. You're telling them the church is not a good place to be. Complaining and finding fault with everybody and everything. And then you want your children to be in that environment that you complain about. You see, some of these things we do, children, they watch very clearly, closely what we do. Stand up with me this morning. I just want the men, I, I feel led to, I think pastor, you should come and pray for the men, being the man of this house. But I just really feel the men need to come out so that um, it's kind of just after what you've heard, if there are some things you feel like God wants you to do different, uh, things that God has spoken to you that you've taken from this message that you're going to start doing, just come to the front. Let us pray over you. In fact, let all the men come. Just come. Because I believe... This is very important. There was a preacher years ago when I was newly converted and uh, from Canada. We loved listening to this preacher, Sid Lubasta. That was his name. Very great preacher, preaching the world. And one day he revealed. What changed him? What transformed his life? He said, Daddy can never go through reading Isaiah 53. He was a kid. Once he gets to the point he was wounded for our transgressions, the father will break down. Just break down. He's crying. Oh, he loved me so much. He's crying. And he's watching. Daddy crying. 
about scripture. And don't go there with daddy. Once he reads that scripture, he starts crying and wailing how much Jesus loved him. He said, after a while, he told himself, there must be something to that. If it's making daddy cry like that, there's something to that. And that made him one of the greatest preachers. We were listening to him in Africa. All my friends, we loved listening to him. But then I got this insight from him. The kids are watching. The kids are really watching. And uh, many times, they don't say anything. They stay in their room, and they're listening to what's going on. But they're watching. And so, you don't have to be... Don't try to prove anything. Just be authentic. Just love Jesus. You make mistakes. My children have seen that with us. We make mistakes as well. But they know where our heart is. You know what I mean? They know what's most important. And that's what we want to do. We want to pray for every one of us today. And this is not just praying because we need to pray. No. This is a prayer that God will answer and transform us and show us things. Give us wisdom. Only God can do that. That's why we pray, right? Because there's no need. If you can do it and you already have the wisdom, you have the power, why do you need God? We need him. That's why we're praying. And he will answer us because we humbled ourselves and we're saying, God, we need you. Man, I really appreciate every one of you today. I know there are a lot of good fathers here. But God can take us higher. Amen? Father, I thank you for these servants of yours. I know that they love you. And I thank you for the message that went out this morning. We all have made mistakes. And we ask for mercy and forgiveness. But now we ask for greater wisdom. We ask for greater understanding with regards to raising our children to follow you with all of their heart. That's our heart's desire. I pray for every man here today that this message that they've heard from the mouth and I believe the spirit of the living God that this message the word of God has already changed something inside of us and we are able to do what we couldn't do before we are able to see what we couldn't see before we are able to hear what we haven't heard before we thank you God we thank you for your mercy and your great kindness they will be great fathers because you will be teaching their children and great shall be the peace of their children according to your word in Jesus name Amen. Amen